0: Got fitted Japan
1: Outfitters, welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Fit in Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm your co-host, Tom Tom Tokyo. That's right. And as you find folks know, Godfait in Japan is about two dudes, booze. Japan and the news. That's right. Tommy, what episode is this today? I believe it's 559. Five, that is correct, five hundred and fifty-nine. And today, faders is a very special episode. Well, let's be honest, they're all special. But in this episode, we have a very special guest. We have a good friend of the show and a longtime fader, our man with a plan, Derek. Derek, welcome
2: to the show. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? I hope you guys have been drinking. <laughs> Wait, I am what? drinking. <laughs> That's like saying, uh, you know, does cats and dogs, you know, drink water out of their bowls, right, or something like that. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah, fuck it, fuck I, it, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. I'm chilling on gin right now. Tom, I'm assuming you're drinking the Blue Boys. Tommy?
0: Hello? You are correct, good, sir. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I you I you it. are correct. There it is. You are correct, good, sir. Like, <sighs> you know me a little bit too well. Yeah, do you drink anything
2: other than the Blue Boys?
0: Whatever, man. If it's alcohol and gets me drunk, I'm happy. There you okay. go.
2: No, I I like I like to drink. Um, I don't know. Like, if, if you guys ever heard of like Heartland? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like there's this one venue that I'm always at called uh, Shinjuku Samurai. It's in Shinjuku, duh. And um, like they when when you get like drink tickets at the shows, they give you uh these gigantic fucking bottle of Heartland. Like it's oh. huge. And sometimes you go to venues and you get drink tickets and like they give you a, a little plastic cup. It looks like you'd pee in, you know, for like a urine sample or something. And mm-hmm. then, then you get like this like gigantic fucking like man drink and you're just like, yes. yes. And it's cheap too. And the girl that runs Samurai, she's like, I mean, it's as big as her, you know, cause you know, Japanese girls, are most of them are tiny, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wish I had a Heartland right now. That's like exactly what I want right now. In fact, when I'm done here, I'm running to Shinjuku and I'm grabbing a Heartland. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Good. Heartland out. away,
1: all right. man. <laughs> oh man. Which part of Shinjuku is this is Samurai in? Is it in Kabuki
2: Cho? Yeah, the dirty part. The part where all the <laughs> hookers and Yakuza members hang out. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's like, every idol venue is, like, in Trashville of any city in <laughs> van. Yeah. band. It's, like, I, I'm lucky if I'm ever going to a venue where, oh, this is actually a nice neighborhood. It's always the shitholes, because there are all these basement shithole venues that, like, I'm at usually, because, you know, I am in the underground uh, idol scene, so.
1: Awesome, dude, well, and you- I definitely want to talk about that. For sure. No, no, no,
0: no. Uh, like, I, I think he's gonna fucking fit right in with us because, like, we're very much like countercultural, kind of underground stuff. So, like, yeah, perfect, fucking yes, perfect fit for hey, the fucking show. Perfect, perfect,
2: <laughs> perfect. Ha
1: ha. Absolutely marvelous. Um. So, Derek. All right. Before we move forward and talk about the idol situation and all that, I want to sure. talk to you about how you came to Japan. Sure. Yeah. So, what interests you to Japan? Was it
2: like anime, manga? uh asahi super dry uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like asahi um no i i saw an ad on tv one day uh, saying that i could come here and teach english i could get really hot japanese babes to like me and that's total bullshit
1: that was a commercial on tv i'm
2: I'm not fucking with you there's not uh, nothing like that no so basically i it's kind of an interesting thing maybe i don't know for some people listening I i hope it is um so when i was i was a really young kid i was really obsessed with ninjas and um like i don't know why but like ninjas were just it was so cool and i used to like run around my neighborhood and pretend like i was a ninja and like i had a wiffle ball bat i used as a katana blade and i would just beat the living shit out of kids with that and then like i had my own little ninja clan and then like my stepdad he thought it was kind of funny and uh i was like dad you know like i want nunchucks and he's like all right so he like made nunchucks out of a broom for me, and then I was like, I want Shuriken He somehow made it out of metal, like he made me actual shuriken. So like, I would take him to school and like throw him at people. I would get in trouble. I really wanted that life because I watched because my my parents were real like open about shit I watched when I was like five and six. I was watching like Freddy Krueger movies by that time and like horror horror and like like the gore and the swearing and the sex. They didn't give a shit what I watched. So I watched all these like horrible Wu Tang films. Where, you know, like, I'll never forget, like, I watched The One, and, like, this dude was, like, fighting this other dude. And the dude just chopped this dude's head off. There was a moment of pause, and, like, fountains of blood shot up. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, you can see where, like, Quentin Tarantino got his influences when he, like, did Kill Bill. But um, I, I love that. But, you know, of course, like, I mean, I even had Ninja Magazine. I mean, <laughs> if you remember that. I remember um, that. Yes. Fucking awesome.
0: Yes. Yes. We fucking me you know and about? Johnny Bolt did. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. They're fucking dope, dude.
2: They were dope. Like every every single ep- magazine cover is always this, like badass ninja like I used like posing, you know? And I just I I just bought it. And then like I had a neighbor who was Japanese and she, she's so beautiful and uh, she had two sons. And so I would occasionally play with them and and she always would take me in like her third son. She'd always like treat me like her son. She'd like maybe big bowls of curry and stuff and just try to teach me the language. And um, they moved. And when they moved, they left me like, um, she left me like a book of hiragana and katakana, which I never read. Um, And, uh, (laughs) but I always, I always want to go to Japan then you fast forward, like, I don't know, 15 years or so. And um, life took me a million different directions to having a band, all that shit, which we'll talk about. But um, I, I wanted to write a book. And because uh, I, I like writing, and I've always been a writer. And I wanted to write about Japan. In particular, I wanted to b- write about a young, like 13 year old girl who's from Hiroshima, who has an idea to destroy the world. And she has a very specific reason for doing it. And I was like, well, first of all, I don't know any 13-year-olds from Hiroshima. So I've never been to Japan. Uh, I ha- I I have I have to go and I have to see what Japan is all about. And I've always wanted to go anyways. And I had the money at the time to do it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just go. And um I have this motto when I write that you you should um write what you know, but live what you don't. And so this way anything you write feels very real if you do a lot of research. So it's like how like Robert De Niro with this method acting. I'm like that's, I, I method right. So I literally immersed myself in Hiroshima culture for a month, stayed with this really nice girl who, who like lived there her whole life, spoke fluent English. Uh, her grandmother survived the atomic bomb. Um, basically showed me Hiroshima, like the real Hiroshima, not the tourist Hiroshima, the real Hiroshima. Nice. And um, yeah, and I, and I just, I took all kinds of notes. I took so many pictures and then I came back to America, wrote, my novel about that and then i also went back and this time i went to tokyo and the minute i stepped off the plane went to tokyo i'm like oh, i'm, I'm gonna live here because it, it, it just, <laughs> yeah forget about
1: hiroshima
2: <laughs> yeah it just spoke to me i don't know it just spoke to me tokyo is like has my pace my vibe and nice. uh yeah and so i've been here ever since yeah so that's awesome. That's awesome. No, no. what's uh, the title uh, of your yes. book uh the title of my book is called kai Uh, K-A-I, and uh, it's kind of a reference to the ocean. It's more of a Hawaiian-based name because some of the story takes place in Hawaii, some of it takes place in Hiroshima, some of it takes place in Chicago. I was a counselor in Chicago for a brief period. I counseled like anorexic girls and uh, other people like depression and stuff. It was at this really multi-million dollar residential facility. I was the overnight staff because uh, nobody wanted to do overnights with these crazy girls, and uh, I had no problem with it because I would just sit up all night, watch horror movies all night, and that that was fun in a mental home institution watching horror movies. I was like, oh, that's perfect. And uh, I I Don't took a worried. lot of those. Yeah, I took a lot of those experiences. Um, working there, I I I put in my book uh, as the other character. There's another character in the book who's um a, a Korean girl who's adopted by an American family, and she's a counselor. And all of her experiences I directly had. And so I I weaved in. That year, because I was like, fuck it, I I had to get something out of that year. It was one of the craziest years of my life working with those fucking nut jobs. But, I mean, I don't know, you know, everybody get, you know, it was crazy. So, I have a lot of that in my book, too. So, yeah. Wow. And how old were you you when you
1: first came to Japan? Like, the first Uh, time, were you, like, 17, 18 years old?
2: No, the first time, I was 29. Twenty-nine so.
1: years old. Okay, cool. What year was this?
2: Uh, you know what? I I literally can't tell you because I don't remember. It had to <laughs> been it <laughs> had too much to fun, admit, huh? <laughs> it had to be. It, it, no, it was. It was. It was. It was. It's it it over a decade ago. I can't remember. It, it was so long ago. But I've been coming ever since. Like, I've been, I've been on and on and on and off. And then about three and a half, three years ago, I decided to live here permanently, like forever. So, and, and worked out all that to make that happen.
0: Wow, you know, well, dude. Yeah, we, we are learned from residents. So, uh, yeah, we support that. Uh, Japan's a lovely place. Again, it, it ain't perfect, but like, yeah, I quite like it.
2: Yeah, I mean there, there's a lot of things I, I don't like about living here now that I'm here and the the romance of Japan has worn off and and now I see what it's really like to live here. There's a lot of things I'm like fuck this place. Like I hate it. But then there's <laughs> the also a over. lot of yeah, but there, there's also a lot of good. I mean there there's everything I love in life is here. So it's like it makes no sense to be back in America. Don't get me wrong, I love America. I will always be American in my heart. Um, that's never gonna change. But it's just there's the the things that I'm specifically interested in are all they all exist in this place. So hence I'm here.
1: Cool. Yeah. Did you uh, start your uh, huh? uh, Did you start your band here in Japan, or did you have your band in um the states?
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, this is what I meant before, like, going to Japan. Like, I'd always had that interest in my mind since I was a kid and went through all this other stuff in life t- before that happened. Um, no, I started my band in um, – I'm originally from Pittsburgh, like, Pennsylvania, like, that area. Cool. So I started it there, um, and uh, it was me and a couple guys. Uh, some of them lived in Ohio. We were, like, right on the border of Ohio MPA, so we called it Ohiovania, and um, we created Dude Corps, which is basically like bros drinking beer, having a good time, uh, smoking weed, and then basically playing crazy fucked up music. And our music was, uh, I wrote ADD music, attention deficit disorder music. So like one of our songs, for example, I had like 54 guitar parts in it. So it's just, I just, I was crazy when I wrote.
1: <laughs> basically a modern Van Halen.
2: Yeah, it was like prog rock, but with metal. So like between the Barrett and me, but like kind of hyper like, the thing is, like, we we were sort of, like, between the Barry and me, because they were our friends and stuff, so it was interesting, they were doing the same thing as we were, but I I never met them until we started playing shows, but they, they just stand there and play, because they actually can play their instruments, I can't play, but I pretend like I can, and so, like, my band, we did everything but play, like, we just basically went fucking nuts at our lives, like, I, would take my guitar off and I'd like throw it across the stage and I I broke like three kids' noses with my guitar. Um all thankfully none of them sued me. And uh I just I was just doing crazy shit. Like um do so you know you know Metallica of course, yeah? Yeah. So, no, of course. So like my band played the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival and Brian Schlegel, the guy who signed Metallica to Metal Blade, was there. And he it, this place that we played, it was um there was two stages. There was like the main stage where all like the super big acts were and then there was like the, the cool kids stage, which is where we were at And like in, in this stage There was a balcony and, and the balcony went like on the side of the stage And up on the balcony were all the record labels Like that's where they set up all their merchandise And all that shit yeah. Brian mm-hmm. was up there, he was watching us And I saw him and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get you so You I broke cry, his nose, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I climbed up, like, the speakers. I climbed up the railing. I walked over to him. I high-fived, like, the dudes from Victory Records because I'm friends with them. And and then I I made my way over to him. And I looked at Brian. I'm like, what's up, Brian? How you doing? And then I did, like, a backflip into the crowd. And he just – his jaw just hit the floor. I could have died. I mean, it was, like, 30 feet in the air. And um, I didn't care. The crowd, thankfully, caught me. There was, like, 600 kids packed in this little place. So I knew I was going to hit somebody – and not particularly die. Maybe I would have paralyzed my back. But then the coolest thing happened, they <laughs> crowd surfed me back to the stage. Somebody threw me my guitar cause I had thrown it down at some point, just let it go into feedback mode. And then I finished the show. I went to go slam my guitar into the amp, but then I realized like, that's not my amp. That's the venue's amp. So some dude <laughs> stopped me and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I just like pretty much banged it on the ground and went nuts and stopped the show. And it was like, yep, that's it. Did that shit all the time. <laughs> did you designed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, that was my, my band.
0: My, my question is, as awesome as the stories are like, so like, you went from hardcore grind car, sounds like you're partying up pretty hard, but like, how, how did you go from this to like J-pop idols? Like, I'm just like, I'm not like, I, I just, it, it, it's a different animal, you
1: know? Tom, I- opposites attract. Yeah, no,
2: the weird. I some days I wonder, like, I wake up, like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, what am I doing surrounded by all these beautiful girls that are crazy, more crazier than me in some cases?
1: Well, I guess that's Um, the answer. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah No. I, basically no i i i was doing research um on various topics because uh i i thought i was gonna do more writing in my life and i still am but um a lot of the stuff i like to write about is stuff in japan particularly horror i like i'm a big J horror fan so Ooh. it's like yeah so yeah so like i and then i also like the weird shit that goes on in Japan that, like, is sort of the underbelly, and uh, again, write what you know, live what you don't, and so on the way, I, like, I'd be booking these trips, I, I, I wanted to listen to music, but I'm like, well, I don't particularly like a lot of the music from Japan, it's all boring and stupid, but then I saw, I saw this, um this YouTube video on some guy's blog, and it had these girls, like, playing hardcore metal music and they were cute dressed as punk girls and the one girl had like a Negan bat it was it was wrapped up in barbed wire and she was swinging it at fans and she knocked some dude's teeth out and I'm like oh shit I'm like what is this so <laughs> I up. figured out what the group was I figured out where they played in in Japan I somehow found the venue it was in Otsuka Otsuka Hearts and uh I went to that show and I went right up front and this the, the group came on and soon as they came on, first of all, the one girl she smiled at me, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm hooked." I'm like, "This is how they get, it. this is how they get you an idol." Fuck. And um, <laughs> but then the minute they started playing, their fans went nuts. They plastered me against the wall, and they were swinging and, and moshing and crowd surfing, just doing crazy shit. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm here. Uh, this is this is my vibe." The thing is, I didn't know I didn't know anything about Idol. I didn't know nothing. So afterwards, I saw the girls come out. And this is very normal in the idol idol shows. They line up and you can meet them. You pay like a 1,000 yen, 500 yen, 2,000 yen, whatever, and you can do a handshake with them. And then they take your picture with the Polaroid camera. It's called a checkie. And then they sign the checky while you're talking to them. You get usually about a minute, two minutes. Every group's different. Every girl's different. So I – I went up to the girl that I saw that was giving me the twinkle eyes. And uh, while, well, of course, she spit water at me and just throwing crazy, you know, just throwing fists. And, but I went up to her and I, I was like, oh, my God. I went to go give her a hug and I almost got tackled. And I'm like, what the fuck? All these dudes were like, no, 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 And I'm like, what? And like, you can't touch her. I'm like, what? And then somebody broke down the idol rules for me. And then I started realizing all this shit about idol. I started going to this group shows. So every time I come to Japan, I would go to their shows. I would go to every single <laughs> one. They did something called a takei kon, which that, that that means like a monthly, weekly show. They did it every Monday at Meguro Rokumekon in, in Meguro, and um and like that's like an old visual k like band place, like baby metal even played there. Mm-hmm. And um they they would have their takei kon all the time. I'd be there, and then their fans, they were known as the gushin. Uh, they accepted me. One day, one of the dudes came over, bought me a beer bought me all their merchandise and was like, yo, like, you're cool. Because I, I would go hard at their shows. I, once I learned all their songs, I would just start swinging. Like, I, I'd push people out of the way. And I'd like, get out of my way. And I'd fucking start dancing. I'd show them how we did it, American style.
1: And they you loved some noses.
2: Dude, I, I broke <laughs> noses. I, I, I always got mind broke. There's some big boys that like that group. And, like, they had no problem swinging at me. But we were all friends. So it was like I was the only foreigner there, too, for so long. I mean, don't get me wrong. Occasionally I'd see some foreigners. Um, And there were certainly fans that were there much longer than me that were foreigners, but it was, it was, we were this much. Now, now the idol world has many foreigners, thanks to me. And I think a lot of other people that have put a lot of attention on the idol world, but there was this whole world of groups just like this one. And I started to get more and more into them. And then, yeah, and then here I am three years later, fucking waist ankle deep in idols, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's crazy,
1: (laughs) Man, but the well, band that you described doesn't sound like idol music. It sounds more at all. like, you know, like digital punk rock, you know, like some of like the other, uh, like uh, underground bands in Japan, like Marla and Viawat and those guys. Oh, and it's yeah. about just hardcore, like punk oh, rock, you know? Yeah.
2: Like the interesting thing is, is like people's perception, when you say Japanese idol is AKB48 and, uh, or, or um, Morning Musume or all the major idols. And don't get me wrong. I, I do like some of those groups. I like, some of their songs. Occasionally, I brush elbows with with them and their staff. Sorry, um, but but then um, I'm in the chica world, the underworld as as it's called. And chica is actually not even a word I like to use because it's it kind of has a denotes like a derogatory feel anymore. So we'll just say underground. So the underground idol scene. It's mostly like a lot of these groups. They're they're made by like dudes that like like idols and they they're guitar players or bass players and they're like fuck it, I can play guitar. I want to make idol groups. Like last night, for example, I went to a Prague Prague rock idol group. It's the dude who made the group is he's in a prog, a progressive rock band. He mm-hmm. plays like the upstanding bass, you know, like, dun, dun 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 He wrote these incredible, like eight, nine minute long opuses with and then he put it in the idol context. And like he has cute idol girls like singing and dancing it. And when you combine those two. You get this whole new thing, and I love Prague. Prague. I mean, my music was pretty much Prague, you know, and um, just in the grindcore metal way. And my mind's blown every time I watch this group because they—they—they even play with bands. Like they had a backing band last night instead of like usually when you go to idol shows, it's just music's on the PA. Like there's there's no band. But but now like occasionally special groups will do bands and stuff. It's unbelievable. You have all these like band geek guys that started these groups. And so I get along really well with those types, cause like I'm like, oh, you play guitar, cool. I play guitar. Blah 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 And then I show my band, and then they think, oh, you're cool. Here's my group with these idol girls. We play the same thing, only we have idol girls playing it. We get along great. It's crazy. It's so fucking insane. And anything you can think of is available. You like grind? There's grind idols. You like fucking power punk? There's that. You like ska? There's fucking ska idols. I mean, it's Jesus. If anything. There's EDM trap idol. There's rap idols. Um, the rap idols are cool. Uh, I mean, anything you think of, it's here. I mean, there's there's ten thousand idols in Tokyo, just in Tokyo. Ten thousand, yeah. yeah, it's about I, ten thousand. I,
0: I can absolutely vouch for like Derek's story, though. But like, if you if you go there, like if you go to so, some of these underground venues in Japan, and you're the only foreign there foreigner there, if you can speak like minimal conversational Japanese, they will fucking instantly love you. They're like, like oh, you like our yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you like our shit, and you're like, fuck yeah, you're fucking cool. Yeah, if you're into violence and horror movies you should uh, you should definitely check out some of the wrestling events they're pretty wild as well
2: everybody tells me that some dude one of the there was a, a fan guy who likes idols he came to the show the other night and he came up to me and he was like, happy birthday. Because I just had a, a I, I created my own festival for myself because I thought it'd be funny. It's very rare when st- uh, idol staff have their own seitan size or called, that means birthday shows or birthday lives. But I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm a foreigner. I get away, I played my foreigner card and everybody loved it. Everybody thought it was cool. And this one dude came to it and he was like, happy birthday. And then he, he showed me this like wrestling thing. And he's like, do you like this stuff? He's like, I think he said the same thing. That's so weird you said that. Because he literally just told me that the other day. He's like, you should get into this. You'd like this cuz it's like crazy shit but I gotta be honest like I'm, I'm just it doesn't appeal to me whatsoever oh I, dude. I, I respect it I just it just, it doesn't do anything for me. but there's there's idols that do that there's a lot you of I gotta idols go that. to death match you gotta go to death match man if you really want to have a good time you go to the death
1: matches it doesn't matter if you don't even like it Tom it doesn't matter if yeah. you don't even like wrestling dude if you go to a death match you're gonna have an amazing time dude why why
2: what, what is it like What's a
1: deathmatch? It's it's nuts. It's exactly what you're talking about. All right. So basically, a deathmatch is where... Well, I mean, it is what it is. It's like Thunderdome, but it's more legal, right? Like, (laughs) you guys enter... And uh, they, they just beat the living shit out of each other with baseball bats that are fucking entwined with barbed wire and stuff. They throw glass at each other. They, they break glass over their, their heads and stuff. They have, like, fluorescent lights, and they fucking smash them over each other's faces. And then they stab each other in the face and stuff. There is blood on the mat, dude. Talk it's about being your waist and blood, dude. The people that sit in the first two rows of a fucking death match have garbage bags. They give them free garbage bags so they can protect themselves from broken glass and blood. fucking gnarly dude and speaking of freddy krueger a lot of these guys look like freddy krueger man because (laughs) their skin's been ripped apart so many times of fucking hitting the mat hard that is just absolutely hideous but in a good way that's amazing.
2: You know? Well, you know, there there's this one idol that uh, I work for. Uh, her name's uh, Hanako. Hanako-san of 14th generation of the toilet, which basically she believes that she is the ghost that came out of the toilets in the Japanese bathrooms, like the school bathrooms. There's that whole Hanako legend. And she she's the 14th generation of that ghost. And um, And her whole thing is like, she likes extremism and uh, she recently had a show with some wrestlers and um, they invited her and they did a lot of extreme stuff and it, she fit right with them. And so they've been inviting her to play shows a lot. So I have seen a little bit of that kind of world. It's really funny. Like it's interesting. The, 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 everyone there is super friendly. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They're everybody's real down to earth, which I love, you know, some of these guys, you just wonder, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. Pretty cool.
1: Tom question.
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Like uh I guess I asked like uh, the major questions, like, you know, how did you get involved? Like, uh, okay, like, all right, uh, let's go with uh what's your best experience?
2: Uh, working with idols.
0: Yeah. Uh, best or craziest or funniest or I don't know, man. Derek, you seem like you got a lot of good stories here, man. So just <laughs> let him fucking rip.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I've 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 been to a couple thousand shows at this point, and I I've, I now work with idols directly, and so uh, I was originally a fan, then I became, you know, then later, you know, now I am, I'm staff, and I, I try to help them. I try to promote them. I mean, I've been all over the world with idols. I, I've created festivals for idols. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot that I, I've done that I, I guess would qualify and constitute as best experiences, so it's hard to choose this one, but I would say there, there have been a few standouts. I mean, my birthday show the other day was great. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was so much fun. Um, there's a group there that played called uh, Hisatsu a Momomomo Seven, uh, which basically uh, there's there's six girls in the group. There was seven, hence the seven, but one of them recently uh, graduated, which in the idol world, when a girl leaves, they call it graduation or satsugyo. Um, but um, they, they always bring the party. So basically like, like, they also don't give a fuck about, like, COVID or, or the pandemic. They don't care about anything. Like, half the girls in the group might legitimately be insane because they, their producer, he's this old VK guy that's a guitar player type, and, like, you know, he's just, like, really fuck the system, and he's, like, you know, I don't care. And so there's this, there's this venue called Akiba Colors in Akihabara, and that's their home. And they play there all the time. And this this is literally the size of a, a tiny ass apartment you pay too much for here in Japan. You guys know what I'm talking about. We know, we yeah. do, uh, we do. And, we do. and uh, like anything goes there, anything. And I remember it was like, it was like right after like Japan really locked down all the idol shows pretty much stopped because they're all in these venues that we're told they have to shut the doors because they're obviously the COVID breeding grounds and everybody that goes, there's going to get COVID and yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying it's not a bad idea to do it, but I'm, I was just like a little bit, of, uh, it's a little bit convenient for the politicians here to like focus only on the the, un, the undesirable parts of Japan and say, that's where COVID's coming from. Let's get rid of them. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so, so Japanese to do that. Like it's so roundabout way of saying, fuck you guys, we don't like you you know very mm-hmm. japanese so of course it's my industry that got completely wasted all the ve- all the shows shut down but it colors colors they were thinking all right we'll take a little break we'll play along but we're gonna bring it back and so the very first show they did after all the things locked down there had to be 100 people in that venue which holds about 60 people and nice they they had a giant a gigantic plastic screen on the stage which by the way the stage in this place it's not really a stage it's like a a raised platform it's (laughs) barely a stage it's a soapbox it's a soapbox yeah and they had they had a little gate in the front which that's always there they they have like a gate um that you know i mean it's 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 about as not a stage as you can make it and uh they have nice big speakers in there though it's loud as fuck in there so um as soon as the girls came on, they also had like, 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 do not like, like a danger tape, like police tape uh, in front. As soon as the girls came on the stage, there was this like palpable energy, you know, like everybody was like, what's gonna happen? Can we, can we have fun? Everybody's wearing masks. Um, There was one dude in a full hazmat suit um just for fun. Of and course.
1: Of course.
2: No, they their fans attract, their fans are insane. They're they're just as crazy. So I'm thinking, uh oh. And the ceiling's really low. It's really low. I could reach up and like jump and touch it. So I'm thinking, what's gonna happen? The girls come out on the stage, and there were seven of them at, at this time, and uh, they rip down the plastic, they rip down all that shit. They're like, Fuck this shit, and they get on this, <laughs> they get on the rail, and they have a lot of them have these bottles full of like antiseptic or alcohol and they just start spraying everybody with it while they're singing and then like everybody starts crowd surfing in the front and going nuts and it was just this like organism of excitement and happiness <laughs> and at one point they have one song where they go out in the crowd and there's just like real heavy metal part and um they make the fans do stuff like there, it's just like a build-up it, it, it's a build-up it goes like four times and it's like, dun, 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 dun. It just starts like real slow. And then it gets real fast. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. dun. And, and, and on that build up, the girls all get in a crowd and they, they, they just grab everybody. And you know, I don't know if you've ever seen like Japanese metal shows. Yeah, I have. Yeah, have all the yeah. dudes in the road, they're all locked in arms. They're all headbanging in unison. Mm-hmm. So picture like 80 to 100 people just headbanging in unison like this. And it was just like, they had, even the girls were doing it. They were all in it. They did that for one. And then, I mean, they just had everybody doing crazy shit. Like at one point they had everybody doing push ups on the floor during the one part. So and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's at this insane. Point,
0: at this point, why not, right?
2: Why not? Yeah, fuck it. So like, <laughs> I've had experiences like that where you're just like, am I actually seeing this? Like, is this actually happening? And it was right after the COVID stuff. So it was like, nobody cared for that, for that brief moment in time. It was like pure happiness. COVID oh, just didn't the best exist. Yeah, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. I mean, I've had a lot of good experiences, but that was that's the most recent one I can remember that like I'll never forget, ever. My
1: God, cool. Derek, your, your whole interpretation of Idol is completely blowing my image of Idol <laughs> out of the water, dude. Because whenever I thought of like Idol and Japanese Idol music and stuff, or whenever I went to Akihabara and I saw the Idol shops or whatever, it just seemed like maybe – anywhere from like four to like 64 to like 100 girls, all dressed the same, very cute, all doing kind of like the same little dance with pop music and stuff, singing about boyfriends or something like that or whatever, or singing about homework. But what you're explaining to us, what you're schooling us on is like a completely different world of idol. And I fucking love it.
2: Yeah, no, you guys gotta come to a show. Your your minds will be blown. You guys are definitely gonna come as my guest someday. Um, because like, I here's the thing. Like, there is those like those 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 are major idols. We call them uh kid and kid idols or traditional idols. They're great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I the groups i work for they play a lot with those groups like there's a lot of underground groups that like the Kita Kita thing and right. and uh, and they're cool like a lot of them are just they're, they're just cute out they, they do want to talk about that stuff it's all accepted in the underworld like you can you you come as you are like the cobanian spirit is really there which i love but the thing is like the problem is is that the world's perception of idol unfortunately is very narrow and limited to the the fuck-ups of like akb48 like when uh Mina Minami shaved their head and that made yep. like world news because yeah no, con- no no no, no,
0: no. We, we covered that on the show like no yeah. we, we absolutely know what we're talking about like we don't cover idol stuff normally but yeah that was like kind of a fucking big deal right yeah
2: no it was it, it was weird that like the idol world in Akabara was suddenly on the world stage and not in the and not in the way they Wanted it, and it it was unfortunate because like Nichon is like really an attention getter, and it it made for her character. It made total sense, but to the rest of the world, everybody's like, "Oh my God, this poor girl was enslaved, and she shaved her head." (laughs) I I know the people involved with all of that. I gotta tell you like they begged her and begged her and begged her to not do it and they're like don't do this you're gonna fuck up everything and but that's not her character she's she wants attention she was coming up in a time with idols that was so much more popular than her so much more famous got so much more attention she's like i'll show you and uh, basically took all the attention but then it got warped and then ever since then like anytime you see anything about idols it always focuses on like the the enslavement contract which that's a k-pop thing that's not a j-pop thing and don't get me wrong it does exist here i'm not saying it doesn't but i'm saying it's like it's just not as big of a thing as you would think yeah and then and then also um they they focus on the creepy old guy factor where you have like all these like 40 to 50 year old to 60 year old guys like going to watch these like 12 year old girls perform which is again about 0.02 percent of this this industry doesn't really happen Good.
0: Can, can, can I ask one, one question, though? But that that does exist, man, because like, um, hmm. okay, long story, you know, like a, a couple of years ago, I used to teach at high school and I'd run an English sure. club and, you know, you, kids run in there and you'd be like, eh, blah, 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 blah. And like one kid was like, oh, hey, wh- hey, buddy, what'd you do this weekend? And he was like, you know, some teenage boy. He's like, oh, I went to some idol concert. And he says like, you know, some name. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm like, Okay, cool. I was like, why'd you go there? I was like, I don't want to go there. I was like, why'd you go? It was like, oh, my dad wanted to. <laughs> I was like, oh, my my dad like my my dad said if I shut my mouth and like you know he'd buy me a new video game and I just like it just like it was like yeah whatever he just like stood in the back and drank like you know Coca Cola or whatever and his dad was like just like crawling all over the stage going for nuts and his dad was like you know fifty.
2: Oh yeah. Well, okay, so- they, It
0: does exist, man. No, 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 no. I'm,
2: not, I'm not denying it doesn't. I'm I, I at enough Idol shows, but to tell you, it's it's 100% true. But the thing is, it's like like a lot of the girls I work with, there's maybe one girl who's 16, that's the youngest. All these girls are in their 20s. They're in their late 20s, mid 20s. Um, don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they're the Junior Idols world definitely has some young ones and there's definitely old guys that go to that. But the thing is, here's my experience with this. It's like number one, idol fans are harmless. They're they're all, almost all of them are. When you come to an idol show, you're not you're not a 40 year old man. You're not a a 50 year old doctor. It, yeah, we you're, are. Not, you're, not, you're not you're not some weirdo creep guy. You're Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're sitting you. down, man.
0: Back at you, Johnny. Back at you, Johnny.
2: Right. Yeah. True. I mean, you're you're charged. You're just a fan when you go there and and then the other thing is too there's plenty of girls that go to shows there's plenty like most of the age demographic that at, the, at least the shows that i'm at the majority it's between 18 to like 30 i'd say of like like young young dudes that like want to like get into idol and stuff it's not so much these older guys, but even if it is, I don't care. These guys are, some of those older guys are the best fans. They're, they're nice to the girls. They give the girls a lot of money to do a lot of those pictures. They support these girls' dreams. They know the rules. And, and I'll tell you what, a lot of those fans are way more respect, respectful than the younger fans because a good example is when the idols are off the stage, you do not talk to them. If, you, if you're walking out of the venue and she's on the train platform and you're on that train, you're going on the same train, you wait. You let her get on that train. You go on the next one or you go on another car. Or if, you're in, if you just happen to see the girl, you don't fucking talk to her. It's a rule. Like, like if you talk to her, you're a creep because outside, you're a creep. In the venue, you're a fan. And that's the one thing every fucking person gets wrong when they look at the idol world. These guys don't even try to approach these girls because they know what will happen if they do. They're going to get banned. They won't, they won't be able to come to the shows. Occasionally, you'll get the weirdos. Occasionally, you'll get the super obsessive types that will, you know, like, like poor Mayo Tamita a couple years ago got stabbed nearly half to death right yeah. in front of the venue because of a, a fucked up fan. But that fan was, if I remember right, he was a young guy. He wasn't even old. And, uh, and he just, he had in his head that he had this relationship with Mayu. He did it. And uh and her staff didn't help her. They didn't protect her. The cops certainly was like, "Fuck this. Go ahead. What's up,
0: Tommy?" I was just gonna say I'm I'm gonna back you up. I would say Japanese people in general are extremely polite. They're extremely well mannered, and they don't they don't fuck with you. They so, don't. Fuck. I'm i I've got I'm I'm gonna hundred percent back up what Derek's saying. Like um I'm I'm not as uh, as aware of the idol or realm as he is, but uh. No, but like, no, but Japanese people generally harm us. There's slow no, I mean, and they are on the fuck with each other.
2: They're harmful, but in a zuri way. They'll go on 2chan, and they'll talk shit about you, but they won't actually do it to your face. They're, they are the definition of keyboard warriors. When It's just like, they might not like you, but you'll never know. Like, I mean, they'll smile at you and then they'll get online and be like, I fucking hate this fucking bitch idol. She's ugly. Her tits are too small or whatever. And that happens all the time. And then unfortunately, some of these girls get real fucked up. They read that because these girls read everything and they're like, oh my God, I'm hated. And then that makes them uncomfortable. But the thing is, all the shows I've been to, all the shows I work with, I can count on one hand how many times there's ever been an incident. There's been one time there was a show and this this, this older guy, he wasn't old, old, but he, he was a like a metal Japanese dude. He got real drunk. He tried to touch one of the girls on the stage. He actually reached up for her and the girl fucking hit him right in the face, punched him, punched him right in the face. It was Like, Fuck nice. You. And then like then when we were doing a uh, Boupon, he tried to get in her line. And I squared him away, and so did the manager of the group. Like, we, we, we basically threw his ass outside, and so did the fans. The fans like, get the fuck away. Like, the fans will join. I mean, like, I, I dare a guy to get on stage. Watch what happens. He'll get his ass beat, if not by the girls, by, like, me, by other staff. I, I wouldn't even hesitate to jump on stage and whip, whip anybody's ass. And these people know that. They see me, like, they see my tattoos, and they think, oh, shit. Like, it, it, this is the <laughs> one time where this actually works in my favor. Like, they think I'm somehow Yakuza. Even though in the history of Yakuza, I've never had a single white person as uh, part of their staff, but, hey, whatever. They can think that. Um, it's just, like, it's unfortunate because in the idol industry – the perception has just been so narrow-minded and then like 2017 this fucking dumb bitch-ass like cunt job like basically put out a documentary about idols and this is some Japanese bitch who like never had an experience with idols she studied witchcraft in England and then came back here and somehow made a documentary about a leftist feminist documentary about idols and how fuck idols and it's just like fuck you It got picked up by netflix and all these other major outlets and now that's everybody's perception
1: but you did the documentary too what's
2: that yeah i did yes i did uh and it'll be coming out soon it's a mini docuseries called the flowers of passion and um it's about my experience working day in and day out with these idols and i have about nine groups in it and I, i interview staff i interview everybody i don't I don't focus on the fans at all, because every documentary about idols focuses on the fans, and how creepy they are. So I purposely did not do that. I focus on the, nice. the business end. I, I literally let my camera just film and I, I didn't try to lean it anywhere, not pro-idol or anti-idol. I just showed you what it is. I showed you exactly what this is and I answered the question, why do these girls become idols? And, and I think I did a job, a good job. That, I mean, it's about 14 hours. So still editing it, but it's going to come out next month. I don't care. I'm making it happen. It's just, I don't know how working on that now.
0: I think that's really good because like, how do you say, like, um, I think the best documentaries I've seen was like, you don't see the, you know, the person behind the camera, you don't see the interviewer. They're just like, you say, all right, go tell us about your fucking life.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% believe, I love documentaries, but I 100% believe that you have the Michael Moore documentaries where he's definitely telling a story and he's using very careful narration and video clips to do it. And then you have documentaries that literally like, here's the camera, just go. Like one of the best non-biased documentaries I've ever seen was called A, and it was based off Om Shinrikyo. And, and it basically, it was two it was two two documentaries, it was filmed way back in, you know, 19, what, 96, 97 or so. So it was on the the whole big VHS. It literally was showing the aftermath of what happened to the disciples of Shoko Asahara after he got, you know, busted, and after they Mm -hmm. did the whole attacks. And it, it it just literally right after, it showed the pandemonium of what they went through, and then also it showed them going from being so devoted to Shoko, even then, to gradually that faith being disintegrated. And it's literally just the camera, like there's no narrative. And, and it's amazing. It's one of the most compelling things I've ever seen. And it's, it's shitty, it's, there's, there's no B-roll, there's no anything, there's no like nothing. It's literally, here, here's what happened for this time period. Unbelievable, that's how a doc should be. Awesome, and that's well, how enough. your doc is uh yeah i mean mine, mine's a little more two thousand ish i mean it, it's definitely a little more uh, no b h s yeah no, no uh, i mean yeah, I should have shot on that just to be like hipster, but fuck that um no so, like i I basically just took these girls and I'm like, tell me your story and then i'm i'm i i I'm, I'm it's very very rare to see the Galkia, the the backstage uh of an idol show. you don't see it, it, it because it's it's their private world. I lived in that motherfucker with my camera. These girls completely trusted me. They're like, Derek, just do whatever you want. We love you. Like, we don't care. Just film us. And and it's like they did. They let me I I I caught stuff no Idol fan has ever seen, ever. And For so example? Well
1: I was gonna say, tell us the story. Like, like
2: like I I have like a lot of like the idol preparation like them practicing going over their stuff backstage I know that might sound very like trite and boring but that's something to an idol fan is interesting because they've never seen it because they only see what comes out on the stage they don't see what happens seconds before like I have the moment right before they go on stage like I captured one girl she had been an icon in the idol world and I got her very last show as an idol and I have her walking up the steps it's very emotional. And like her, like the other girls in the group, like they're going up the steps and, and my camera's just following them and they do the, the final goodbye. And then the one girl, she takes her hand and slaps the one girl on the back. It's like the ritual. I got all that. Nobody's ever seen that. And it's like this group is, they're legends. They're, I mean, their fan base is going, they're going to shit themselves when they see that because that little moment, it's never going to be done again and i wow. got that moment on camera and it's incredible little, yeah little things like that i got you know idol i have one idol she went to a, a jinja a temple a shrine and it's a little private shrine in shibuya it's like hidden away and she likes to go there and pray and i got her praying and like just in this very peaceful special moment she didn't have to show me and it's part of her daily routine. So, in a way, that could be dangerous. If some, you, she gets an idol nut job fan who sees that and tries to find her. But she's like, "I'll do this for you because I want to tell my story." Cool, and I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Mm. And her manager that's, went along with it too, which was even more amazing. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that's that's quite interesting. I think, yeah. How, um. can,
1: how can people find this documentary once you release it? Is it going to be on Netflix or um, iTunes?
2: i I would love it to be on netflix netflix is very hard to get through um also they have their own documentary team that basically now are making these all their documentaries i just saw one they put out called high score which is about like the video game industry which oh yeah yeah they got a bunch of like i saw that
0: that That was awesome i liked that one
2: it was it was awesome except for all the fucking bullshit b-roll they did like they had so much like like stuff that you can tell they had a whole staff just make like here we're gonna make video games so anytime somebody talking about something we'll demonstrate it with like video game stuff it just it just took me out of it and i I understand why they did it because people like you know add and all but it's just like i i wanted to see more of the video stuff i didn't want to see their video game creation I don't know. Okay,
0: okay, okay man, I, I'm just to cut in. Like, fair enough. I, I'm still mentally a child, so I'm still, like, you know, my inner it – made, it made my inner nine-year-old squeal.
2: No, don't get me wrong. It was guy. great to see I, – I love video games to death. One of the things on my bucket list to do later is to make, a, like, an old-school RPG 8-bit-style video game that takes you, like, two years to complete. But it's just, like, I, I, I loved seeing my heroes, but it was just – it took me out of it. So my documentary may not make it to Netflix. I'd like it to be there. But then I'm also thinking, do I really want it to be there? They don't offer a whole lot for first-time filmmakers. I put so much time and money into this that I don't even think I'd get even a third of what I put into it, just even as a starting price. They usually do like year-to-year contracts, which means it's not mine. Financially, it doesn't make any sense. So I think right now I'm going for Amazon. Amazon, Amazon Prime, um, that's one half. I'll be selling it on my own website and then I'll also probably go through a record company that actually puts out a lot of idol-like lives and one of their idol groups is in my doc and I'm very good friends with them and they have a massive distribution here in Japan and um, they can handle the Japanese fans. So I'm thinking about doing like a multi-prong approach. That's my thinking right now. Cool. Uh, with Prime, Prime they don't pay you a lot per hour's watch, but the thing is there's a lot of hours to get watched on Prime. So the trade-off is, is cool to me. On Prime, I get pretty much like 50% of whatever I put up there. Nice. So that's not bad. That's not, not bad. bad at all. Yeah, Good totally. deal. And, uh, and then on top of that, I can sell it myself and, and to the Idol fans. Idol fans are otaku by nature. So, like a lot of them, like, they like to collect stuff. So, yeah. for example, one of the things I want to do is create like a DVD box set, but each you can get it with different covers, and each cover will be like different <laughs> idols that are in the group. So, uh, otaku will collect like all nine covers. So that's like a thousand dollars. I'll get right there, you know, just for one person. If I get the otaku to get into this, and there's well, also no. porn fans that do that too. So no. yeah, it it'll be streaming as well. So that's awesome.
0: My my, my question for you is like, um, wouldn't you like want to make this like more international? Because like you know, you sound like you know you're pretty hip and like you know you're aware of what's going on. Like and again, like you're one of the few like very rare guys that are busted into the industry. So yeah,
2: well, I'm pretty much on prime. Yeah, well, well, uh, so, so, like, I, my whole big passion in the idol world is bringing idols to uh, the Kai guy fans, the foreigners, and uh, and I've done that through tours, through festivals, all that. But um, this is definitely something I want to do. Yeah, um, th- it's just hard though. Um, there's only so many foreigner fans that are idol fans. So, and I know a lot of them. So if they're gonna buy my documentary that would be great but there's a there's a limit to that versus there's 145,000 idol fans in japan so kind of want to focus on them
0: (laughs) No, no i mean no no fair enough i i I think for what it's worth i think you've got a great idea because like uh i remember back in like you know turn of the millennium and like 2000s like uh when anime came on tsunami we saw dragon ball z and a bunch of other stuff like the interest was already there because I was like, you know, I was creeping around like, you know, it was a blockbuster video and like all the video rental shops going, where's the enemy? I saw like, you know, one or two and I was like, this is fucking awesome. I want more. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, like the interest was there. It's just like, you know, it just like took a certain platform to bring it to the mainstream. So I think I think you've got an excellent idea there, Derek.
2: Well, well, I think like baby metal has certainly helped because baby metal was Sakura Like they they some of their members are from Sacra which is an old school idol group. They're still in existence today, I believe. Um, and baby metal took the idol experience and made it real metal. And um, and I love them for doing that. And the baby metal people are great, their staff are wonderful. Um, I've worked with them uh, to some degree and like they're just they're great people. And so they have really expanded idol there's so many foreigners that came to Japan to, to discover more idols because of baby metal. And so they've, they've already paved that road for me. This documentary, I want to, first of all, I want to reset perspective to what it really is, not just what this fucking bitch did a couple years ago with her doc. And then also every doc I ever see online, it does. And then, and then also I want to, more reach more people that have never heard of idol so netflix for example would be very good for that but then i'm also wondering if people on netflix would actually get it and also with netflix they'd probably bury it in their algorithm like um mm. B- B- bangkok 48 um they're a sister group to akb 48 they actually have a documentary on netflix called one take and and for a while it was it was like it's opening week it was it was kind of on the algorithm like you could see it it was cool it's buried now I mean, it's like you have to search for that fucking doc. Tokyo Idols, you have to search for that on Netflix. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't just show up. I I worked my ass off on this for a year. There's no way in hell I want my doc to be buried. Even if after that first week I get so many more people, I don't think the trade is worth it. And also financially it's not worth it for me. And I have to look at this also as a business. It costs me too much money to do this. It still costs me money. It's cost me too much of my life what just because it's on netflix yeah it's bragging rights but like for me like with my my metal group i was on a a minor sub label of metal blade i could we could have went to a bigger label but we did it and i'm not saying that to brag it's just the the benefits of being on the smaller label outweighed the bigger because in the true. bigger one you're a small fish on the smaller label you're the big fish and so it's the same principle here in my thinking I want to I have end to end control. Like, I want to go kind of Steve Jobs in on it and basically be like, you know, this is what I want to see. This is where I want it to go. Because if I don't and I give my baby to somebody else, they might abuse my baby and like not feed it and give it, you know, and change its diaper and, and give it nurture and love like I have done for a year and will continue to do so for many years. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, no, no, no. no. We, we get you. We get you completely, man. Uh, that's completely understandable.
2: I yeah. do hope in doing this, many foreigners will come to idol for the very first time and see this and be like, what the fuck is this? You know, and be like, this is not what I thought of when I thought of idol. Cause I certainly destroy that perception in exactly 30 seconds into the doc. So, I mean, you, you, you're going to see the craziest shit the minute this thing starts. So I definitely make you go, Oh, wait a minute. This isn't, this is idol. Huh? And so, and it's le- it's a lot of limited amount of B roll bullshit, all that. So.
0: Can I, can I, can I ask you a question? Like because like we we've spoken previously and like uh, you mm-hmm. said one what, what, one of the idol groups is like bring your own beer. That's their name.
2: Yeah, bring your own beer. They they were called sounds, something else before.
0: Awesome. Oh. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Sold. <laughs> well, okay. The interesting about that group too is they kind of sound like K-pop. So they kind of have a K-pop aesthetic, which means all the girls are hot. Like like way hotter than normal idols and then they basically yeah they're all about bring the beer and let's fucking party and like they're cool as shit there's actually a group i'm gonna uh just recently i met a guy who owns an izakaya in machida and uh i we did a an off kai like offshoot thing with an idol there um because the idol's manager is friends with this guy and so we went there and basically this idol just drank sake after sake after sake and i filmed it really like yeah, she talked about it. It was amazing. It was like in the afternoon too, like 1 PM. And like we're like hammered by three o'clock. Um, but the thing is that guy, I invited him to come to my birthday show. He saw it and then he he came up with this idea. He wants to create Nihonshu Idol, which basically mm-hmm. every girl in the group will represent like a like a Nihonshu or a sake or something. And so <laughs> when you come to the shows, when you, yeah, when you come to the shows. Part of the show ritual will be everybody has to drink sake. Like the girls have sake, they'll be pouring it in your, your glasses. Uh, we'll do off kai. Off kais are things that aren't I- li- idol live, but like an idol's part of it. Like like uh, idol will serve you drinks or like an idol will do like a, a special event. It's outside of a venue, so it's called an off kai. It's a great There's way so to make many- money. Yeah, we'll go to the yeah. izakaya with the fans. The idols will serve you drinks and drink with you, and basically we'll just do that till you can't fucking stand up. Yeah. And like <laughs> yeah, it's like a and hostess club. Yeah, hey, kind uh, of, min- minus the, uh, well, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with hosts. They, they're hardworking girls. I know some hosts, they, they bust their ass.
0: Hey, but. V- Vaders, look forward to this group. Uh, like, hey, look forward to the debut, like, uh, single saying, hey, who likes to get fucked up?
2: Yeah, it's just going to be basically a fucked up thing. And here's the thing. I might be helping with the management. So I actually might be their staff because I'm like, this is one of the best ideas I've heard in a long time. Like your music's got to be real crazy and fun. And it's got to be all about drinking. Every nice. song's got to be about getting <laughs> wasted. Sign like, us up, wait. man. Sign us up. Oh, dude. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs>
1: oh, man. That's, that's incredible. So will you be pouring drinks too?
2: Are you fucking kidding me? Well, what's nice though is when I'm when I'm at the shows, a lot of times like if I'm lucky, well, if, like one of the groups I used to work for, their fans would buy me beer all the time, and mm-hmm. I'm allowed. To, I, if a fan buys me beer, I can drink beer. Sometimes before shows, I'll, I'll I'll drink, or like if the if me and the one manager, we we like to do hiru biru, which is like you know afternoon beer, biru, and so hey, um, yeah, and, and we just we'll we'll pound those before a show, and you know like we don't care. So yeah, yeah I awesome. I do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so, sounds like you have a very relaxed work environment.
2: Sometimes, sometimes it can be really stressful. Oh, no. I'm it, it's you know, it's really stressful for me because I'm not proficient in Japanese, so I, I'm surrounded sometimes by people I have no idea what they're saying, and that can be very disarming, even now. <laughs> so, be bad. I Cause I don't know if they're talking about me, and I get paranoid. I I almost want to be like, "What the fuck you say, motherfucker? Like, let's go. Like, I'll fight you right now. I don't care. I'm East Hold Coast, beer, Yeah, I'm East Coast. East Coast. We don't fucking play.
1: Oh man. So, what exactly is your job title? Y-
2: yeah, like I have forty. Um, but, exactly. but basically, <laughs> I, I'm like, I do, I do so much. Um. So I'm direct staff for one group right now, which means like I'll 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 go to shows with them, I'll help them if they need anything. I do that. Um I do checky. Uh I'm I'm really good with the Polaroid camera. So I've probably taken thirty thousand checky since I've started. And Jesus. uh yeah, and I'm just really good at it. And so the machine.
1: Yeah, machine.
2: what I love to do. So I, I, I do checky for the fans. So like when the fans sign up, I'll I'll take them. They'll meet. The, I'll give them, tell them to get the fuck out and take their checky, you know, not in a nice way, of course. Um, so I do that primarily at shows. But I also I float. Um, I do a lot of promotion uh, for the groups like to foreign fans. I help a lot of groups that don't know how to promote to foreigners. I'll connect them with like things like live stream or like they'll give me their merchandise. Um, I also I own Idol Underworld. That's uh, my website. Um, which basically I sell products, Japanese merchandise to foreign fans. Japanese fans too can order, but it's mainly folks for foreigners. So in doing that, I work with about 40 something different groups where they give me all their merch. I take check of their members. I'll go to their shows. I'll show support. I'll write about them. I'll talk about them online. So I do a lot, a lot, a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll film. They'll ask me to film shows. Um, Like it's just, it's just whatever I'm needed. Like I do, like whatever I can do, I do.
1: That's awesome. Dude, it seems like you're all over the place and that's like the best way to be.
2: Yeah, very well, much.
0: Uh, to, to me it sounds like a very interesting learning experience because like, you know, you just like you you kind of like thrown into the idol world and like there's a learning curve just like you're learning about the culture, the language, the fans, the this, the that. It seems like it seems like well, extremely dynamic.
2: Yeah. It's it's unlearning your western perception and relearning it from a very sub niche subcultural Japanese perspective. So it's very mm-hmm. unique. Um, there's so much terminology in the idol world that outside people are like, huh, what, what are you saying? Like, they don't get it. Um, it's literally speaking another language on top of the language that's different than your language. But it's cool because I like sub-niches. I like subcultures. That's one of the reasons I came to Japan was to explore dark and different and interesting and weird shit and idol is about as weird as you get from a western perspective to me now it's like normal it's like every day it's like breathing air like I don't even think of it as weird anymore but I can see I I see sometimes the the wide-eyed fans that come for the very first time from the west and they come here and they're like what the what the fuck am I watching what is this (laughs) And I like educating them. I like I like indoctrinating them. And if I do my job at the end of that that first show, I'm getting them to do checky with the girls. They have a favorite girl. Then they start writing to the girl like on Twitter or they'll like. They'll, Whoa. Or, yeah. I mean, I if I've done my job, I, I've I've got them. I've proselytized correctly. But it's like it, it's it's a whole other world. It literally is. But I that's why I came to Japan for to really see different worlds. Stuff yeah. You don't see in America. Well,
1: the their idol. I'll go for it, Tom. Oh, you can go ahead. Is there all right? So there's like idols, like Japanese idols, and you know, there's J-pop, there's K-pop, there's T-pop, there's C-pop. There's all these different kinds of pop music all over. Every country has their own kind of like a perspective of it. Does every other country in Asia have its own idol groups? Like there's Japanese idols, but are there Korean idols? Are there Chinese idols? And are they similar to like the underground idols that we have here in Japan?
2: I'd say Japan is the only place where it's done right. Um, I've, cer- I've, 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 certainly, I've certainly seen, like, like for example, Italy. Be careful,
1: dude. We got a lot of listeners in Korea.
2: Well, mm-hmm. oh, well great, because what I'm about to say, they're, they're definitely not going to like me. Um, oh. but, no, I'm kidding. I like K-pop. Um, so here's the thing. Like, like there's, I've seen, like, there's an idol group from Italy that are trying to do it, and they're just – they're not. And it's like they like J-pop. And they're like, oh, this is cool. I want to do that. But they don't understand it. They, th- they, they see the facade, they don't see the meat underneath the facade. So yes, there are groups in other countries to try to do it. They don't do it correctly, almost never. Um, but that's according to J-pop. Now, if you're trying to do your own thing, that's a whole different thing. K-pop is a good example. K-pop is not J-pop, not even close. And people often get them put in the same basket, but that would be a real big mistake. For example, K-pop All the girls are perfect looking when they go on that stage. They practice for six, five, six years in some cases. I mean, Blackpink, I think they were what, like six, seven years before they were ever allowed on the stage and and, and J-pop, Chica Idol, or just Idol in general, it's the opposite. Like most of these girls can't sing and dance for shit. And and like, that's the point. You want them to get on stage so you can support them and root for their upbringing. In K-pop, it's already perfect. Also K-pop really takes all their influence and inspiration pretty much from Western rap, Western uh, R&B or like um, whatever's cool in the West. They basically just take whatever's cool in the West and they take that and they make their songs and and add the, the Korean touch to it. I love it. I think it's smart. It's brilliant. It's really great. Um, I, I there's I, there's so many banger songs in K-pop, and of course the girls are so hot. Like you just you're just like holy shit. But like you you don't do cheeky with K-pop girls. You don't you don't fucking take Polaroid pictures with them. Um, they their fans are 30 times more insane um, in the sense that like their fans have been known to sneak into the you know, idols, like the, especially the boy idols, sneak into their rooms and steal their underwear or Whoa. put their underwear in there. I mean, the list is endless what they do, but that's the overall picture. I don't want to say that because I don't know enough about K-pop and I don't want to be like people that just look at the peak in the J-pop idol world and say, Oh, that's how it is. I've only peaked into the K-pop world. So I don't want to say anything negative except to say, I am a huge fan of certain groups and, and I will listen to them all the time. They do their thing correctly because it's, it's inherently K-pop. Okay. But a whole other beast. There's C-pop, there's T-pop. They, they, I don't know much about them, honestly, but there is little markets for them. J-pop by far the biggest, I think. Well, outside of K-pop. I'd say K-pop might be the biggest, but J-pop certainly has its own world.
1: That's true. Tom? All right,
0: right. fair enough. Uh, Oh, yeah, no, no, actually, like, he he, he answered my question within the question, so don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) He just did it. The man's (laughs) a talker.
1: I was gonna say, uh, are we gonna jump onto the news, or what are we doing? Uh, yeah, we could do the news after I ask another very important question. Um, okay, Johnny, Johnny, you're spitballing. You're fucking rocking hard today. Yes, I am rock hard.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Derek, Derek, so, all right, in a previous conversation, you said that you had some kind of contact with the, uh, shit, was it the Shinzo Om?
2: Uh, Ohm, Ohm. Ohm, yeah, Shinji.
1: the Ohm guys and stuff. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Like, didn't you meet yeah. one of these guys and you interviewed him for something?
2: Yeah. So again, write what I know, live what I don't. I, I, I have a story that I'm currently writing, actually. It's a while well, on and off um, about um, about OM. It, it deals with OM and uh, in a very, I'd say, sneaky sort of way. And, and the weird thing is, is what it deals with. It, it, specifically, it's like this. So, so I have a character in my book who wants to use the Ebola virus to kill kill a lot of people in Japan. And this Jeez. was like many years ago. Many years ago, I, I thought this idea, which is now it's scary because now- you know,
1: He's know have... fucking around. Theaters. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I, again, I, 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 like, I don't know anybody from Ohm. I, I was like, how do I get to know about them, what they went through? I've read every book on Ohm. I, I I've met with one guy who wrote like the book on Ohm, Ian Reeder, and, um, and like he was really nice. He, he gave me a lot of good insight, but I was like, I still gotta know more. And so, a couple years of research, a couple years of hard connections, I was able to set up an interview with uh, a man by the name of Joyu Fumihiro. Now, Joyu was like the number two, number three guy in OM. He was so smart. He's, 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 he can speak perfect English. Uh, he's a graduate of Waseda. Um, his intelligence level far exceeds mine and anybody else I've ever met. And he's just brilliant but he also happened to have a very broken heart. And what I mean by that is when I interviewed him, immediately I was struck by like what the fuck were you doing in this death cult? Like you're too smart for this shit, man. Like I you you just the way he acted, the way he talked. He's very spiritual and peaceful. And then um he told me basically like, you know, his mom, his mom and dad got a divorce when he was very young and it fucked him all up. And then here's Shilko you know, this father figure, this larger than life guy who took Joyu in was like, I'll be your father. I will teach you. And he just bought that hook, line, and sinker as a as an eighteen year old, nineteen year old student. And um he went a different direction. He went over to Russia and was basically trying to proselytize Olm there, which is the only reason why he's not in jail today. Because when the sarin gas attacks happened, he just was conveniently not in the country, and um, they couldn't connect him. The Japanese government still, in a very roundabout way, got him to spend some time in jail. For, I think for tax evasion or something. Um, so they he did do some time, but it was it was a bullshit charge. Uh, when I met him, he still was under police uh, watch. They had two policemen standing outside his apartment, and they they basically grilled anybody who went in and out of there, including me. They're like, "What Whoa. the fuck are you want to talk to this guy for?" Like, and they gave me a hard time. My my translator, at that time, really had to pull some serious shit to get me in there. I got in there. We talked for several hours. I have it all recorded. He told me just all kinds of crazy shit, including what I wanted to know. In 1995, uh, Olm went to Africa they went to Zaire to acquire the Ebola virus to kill all the Japanese people because that was their original intent. Well, we'll use Ebola. Like, sarin was an afterthought because, like, they were able to get sarin. And the only reason why they didn't kill more is because they, they're as brilliant as their scientists were. They couldn't figure out how to mechanize it and make it more more lethal. And thank God they couldn't figure it out. But prior to that, it was Ebola. It was Ebola, Ebola, Ebola. They heard about this awesome new virus that could kill you on contact. And like, oh, we got to get that. So, Joyu led the expedition to Zaire to make that happen. And my question to him was, did you get it? Because my whole story revolves around whether or not they did. And, uh, you know, he sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudged me on that one, and uh, told me the whole story about the Africa trip. I got all the intimate details of that trip, which are, that's all going in my book. Nobody knows these details. So, I got a lot of inside information. So when my horror part of my story comes in, it's gonna feel really horror, horrific because it came from a real source. I've Whoa. actually had to study Ebola. I've had to study how to actually, I've, I, I have a whole manual that scientists have on how to culture it and train it. So I could literally, if I had Ebola now, I could do it. Like I, I really tried to become an expert on it to understand it so that my character feels really real. Anybody who's watching it, who's like a, a bioscientist, would be like oh shit like this like don't show this this is wait don't show this this is how you do it yeah don't I, do I, that I don't yeah,
1: show no. that don't even tell us we don't right. want to know. No, 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 no nor will I, don't, I don't, commit, <laughs> don't commit mass genocide
0: no please don't haters don't please well so we already have one virus this is, <laughs> this is a comedy podcast this is a comedy
1: podcast this is comedy podcast right time <laughs> calm down calm down buddy <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the interesting thing was was like this guy really bared his soul to me but then the funny part was as I was leaving he was like psych. No, he gave me a cookie. And and, and on the cookie, there was an outline of President Obama's head. And I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's an Obama cookie, you can have it. And I guess there's like a city or something in Japan called Obama, where all these very religious monks are. And the monks gave it to him. And he thought it'd be really funny. He was just laughing his butt off when he gave it to me. Now, the, the question I have to you guys is, do you think I ate the cookie? Oh, I would no. not I would touch
1: would go- that shit. No. No way, man. no,
0: <laughs> no, 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 I actually, actually oh. I I I know what you're talking Derek, I know what you're talking about. I remember reading that like uh the Obama cookie, like they, uh, they officially endorsed uh, President Obama when he's getting elected and reelected. Yeah. But, like I guess uh reelection time like he was running against John McCain, Sarah Palin was like uh, the uh vice president nominee. They also made her uh how to they say it, like, like the her her glasses though, so that oh. was uh, it was from that city. So like it was a conflict of interest. That's uh, so it's,
2: funny. It's,
0: a, uh, it's, it's a stupid story, but like yeah. No no no, uh, it, it, it's anyway. interesting.
2: It's interesting. I I mean, for me, <laughs> for me it was like uh, an ethical dilemma. What do I do? I was like, I'll I'll eat it later. Thanks. And uh, and he was cool with that. and Of course, I didn't because I I you know this guy is a cold blooded mass murderer. Yeah. And and uh he got away with it. He's the only one that got away with it. All I his all have, his buddies were hung
0: and that I would not have eaten that man. I don't fucking blame you for a second, man. I would have like, like I would have like chucked that thing off the balcony, man. Like, fuck I, this. The
2: weird thing was when I left that interview, like I almost felt like I could follow this guy because he had that kind of charisma, you know? Oh, he yeah, he, he almost jones me. He Jonestown me almost. But, like, the thing is, is, like, he has this new group, and, like, this new group is supposed to be all peaceful. Um, they all
1: start off that way.
2: <laughs> well, well, there's two now. There, there's Hikari no Wa, which is his group, and there's A- 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 Aleph. And Aleph, actually, that's all what, the world. What, 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 what about are.
0: happy science?
2: Yeah. Well, that's Hikari no Wa, probably. But, like, the Aleph basically went to Hokkaido, and now they're all up there, and, and Shoko's daughter's running it. Nobody's heard mm. from them. And so it's a little scary because they've been a little too quiet and everybody's wondering, are they coming back? I mean, I don't think they could ever come back like they did before. Tokyo, would, they're not having it. That's why there's no trash cans in Tokyo, you know, because like a fucking, oh, fucking omen what they did. But it's like, they've been very quiet. Now, Joy has renounced it all. He's like, fuck that, fuck him. I, I don't have anything to do with it. I'm like, okay. And he has his own thing, which is all about peace and like, Harmony, which was the same thing as home. But I just felt like I stepped into a world that I wanted to step out of very fast. I got what I needed. I got the fuck out. <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I get you on that. I completely get you on that, I,
2: I, I've hung with Yakuza members also to do research. And they're cooler, more interesting, and less scary than these guys. Because these guys... They'll, they'll break in your house to stab you, you know, and kill you in the name of some religious idea versus, yeah, because they'll just fight you to your face, you know, they're cooler.
0: No, 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 I, I, I agree, man. That's a fucking death cult. Like, what, why the fuck would you want anything to do with that? That's just like, yeah.
2: It was I a mean, dangerous death thing. Death is in the title. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the,
0: the, the whole sarin gas thing, like, they, they wanted to kill, like, one of their lawyers who was going to the police. And, like, it was like, let, let, let's just fucking let sarin gas off to kill one person
2: yeah that they, they, prior to doing the subway, yeah they released sarin in um this this neighborhood and uh they fucked it all up, but even fucking it up, they still they made a lot of people sick they they hurt a lot of families um you know, and then we all know what they did in ninety five the sarin gas and the, the train station yeah. they all fucked that up too, but if they yeah. had they not fucked it up, there'd have been a lot more deaths. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like a lady I used to work for, her, uh, work with. Uh, she used to be my boss. Like she missed that, like she missed that stop when the San Gas got let out. She missed it by one stop. She was one stop earlier, and like she's the, the, the Hibia line. That's direction. your line. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yours as well. Yeah. So friend, yeah, it's pretty fucked.
2: A friend of mine missed it by like five minutes. Like Woods literally going to be on that next train. So yeah. you know, she's still to this day counts her blessings because you know. But that's, that's how it yeah every day is, yeah every day
1: oh enough. Oh man well that was some uh good news for them so i think maybe she, we should uh probably move on to the news uh, <laughs> the uh,
0: news. uh, uh you guys uh, got uh, that
2: yeah
1: <laughs> all right uh derek uh, i
0: believe i sent you a couple articles uh you want to go ahead and uh, take it away and read the first one
2: uh yeah let me do that right now um so yeah and sorry about that because i i was just jumping in this. so so yeah so hold on just give me one second guys i'm so sorry give me one second
1: it's all uh, good man it's a podcast the podcast
2: yeah so man 50 accused of making false claims about members of ngt 48 online uh tokyo police have arrested a 50 year old man for allegedly making false claims about ngt reports nhk um then they say who the guy was he has no job he he wrote about five of the members And he said there's no point to say anything since their hearts and minds have been destroyed through the use of stimulant drugs, okay? And then uh, he said he wanted to bring down the images of the members, which that's, you know, defamation. And um, he just reacted to distrust that emerged following the assault incident involving uh, Maho Yamaguchi, who left the group six days before this guy sent the tweet, So that's very interesting. Um, Do I talk about this, or do we just read that?
0: No, no, no. Like, no, no. This is like specifically where we wanted you to read this because, like, you've got more insight into the idol world.
2: Yeah, so, so when you get to the major level groups, it, it gets a little bit weird and ho- That's where you I see a lot more of the unhinged fans, because think about it. These major groups have more TV exposure. Um, there was a stabbing incident at one of the AKB 48 handshakes a few years ago involving two girls. And um, the guy that stabbed them, had, he didn't even know who AKB was. He, he had just lost his job. He saw AKB commercial or something. He's like, fuck, those guys are popular. I don't like this. If they're popular, I'm going to go stab them. So he just randomly picked the girls and started wailing at them. Well, I think with a hacksaw oh and um, God, he John Lennon, them. Yeah. Oh, no, the
0: I, I, I remember that. That was a couple of years ago. I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a thing.
2: And fa- thank God, you know, there's staff there that stopped him and everything security did their job, which is weird because usually the security at these like handshakes are like these old, like OG songs that I think are just there to ogle the girls. I swear. Um, but like, it, it it was sort of like you 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 are aware of the that, that far left fan base that does things like that. Like this guy he has no job and uh he's probably staying at home, he's got nothing else to do. He's on his computer, he's like, fuck these girls, you know? And he wanted to bring it down and then he thinks all because of what happened to Mahone and the whole NGT forty eight debacle that happened earlier this year. It was like, yeah, like, uh, I don't like NGT, and then, obviously, their management group's wrong. The girls are wrong, so fuck them. But it's just, it's just such a weird reaction to something that has nothing to do with you and really has been discussed to the point of ad nauseum already, you know, in yeah. the news and stuff. And, unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of that is true and, um, you know, was very unfortunate for Mahone. She's a good girl. So I met Mahone and she's not, you know, she's pretty harmless. So I feel bad that that happened to her.
1: Yeah, that's terrible, man. That's terrible. Jeez, man, God, we don't have that problem with podcasts.
2: <laughs> Not yeah, at all. Nobody cares, right? Nobody yeah, wants I to know.
1: shake Tom's hand. Yeah, our fans aren't that psychotic, unfortunately.
2: There you unfortunately, alcoholics
1: <laughs> that love Japan. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> right, Johnny, well. you you your go. You want to go at it? Okay. All right. Let's see which one I. I got a couple. Which one should I take? Oh, uh, that's up to you, brother. I know it's up to me. Okay. Let's see. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azubujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to... So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K dot com. Thespiltink.com. Propo.
0: Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah!
1: And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita
0: Street. See you there!
1: Yo, what's up, Vaders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states, and in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high-resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each, and they're worth so much more. These are, these, these peonies are absolutely incredible, you're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool, Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilt Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And That's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Pomade is the number 1 badass pomade and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Pomade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good and it feels good. Ghost Town Pomade, badass pomade. And let me tell you one thing. It comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not ghost town palmade. This stuff is a man's pomade and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Pomade. Get your feet on in style. Papa. Okay, well since we're talking about stalkers and shit, why not? Okay, here we go. Man arrested for groping woman in station says he'll only talk to female police officers. Okay, guys, I think we should lock this guy up and throw away the key. Early on the morning of August 27th, a 33-year-old woman was buying a drink from a vending machine on a platform of Hanshin Amagasaki Station in the city of Amagasaki Hyogo Prefecture. While she was focusing on selecting and retrieving her beverage, a 47-year-old man who was walking past her touched her buttocks. Bad move, dude. Bad move. He then ran out of the station, but the woman, along with station employees, gave chase and cornered him in a nearby park, where he reportedly admitted to groping the victim. Police were summoned, but once the officers arrived on the scene to talk to the man and take him into custody, he began to become less talkative. When asked for his name and occupation, he gave no response at all. The officer pressed on though, and he asked the man why he'd done what he had done on the platform, when finally the man stopped and spoke, and he said, quote, I love women from the core of my heart. I will only talk to a woman, end quote. You know, the thing is, he says he loves women, but he obviously does not respect women, all right? Of course, you don't have to say anything to get arrested and hauled down to the station, and the male officer had no problem in doing both. As per Japanese law, the grouper is entitled to a public defender to provide him with legal counsel. And sure enough, his request was that his lawyer be a female. What a dick. (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) Can we possibly be even more of a creeper? Oh, God. You don't want this guy at an idol concert. I tell you that. No. (laughs) No way. Oh, man. This guy is banned from the beginning. Yep. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Derek, what do you think?
2: I mean, you get these explosions from these like socially repressed dudes and, and even girls sometimes here in Japan and stuff like this happens, you know. And 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 again, from a Western perspective, certainly bizarre. Here I I guess when you look at the Hane Tatamaya, like you know, attitude that's prevalent here. um Every once in a while, people want to step out of that, but they do it in such the most awkward ways socially that you get this kind of stuff. Not to mention, there's no mental health treatment here, so you know, uh, it makes sense in in a weird way that this would happen and not and would happen a lot more. Does it mean it's right? No. And am I sympathizing with the guy? Absolutely not. But I'm saying like, yeah, it's uh, you know, how many you guys have been here long enough? You know, like weird shit like this happens all the time. <laughs> True.
0: No, no, we absolutely cover the news and like, yeah. Uh... It's yeah, I don't know why. I mean, Japan is is, yeah, no. Japan in in general is a pretty safe area, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, there's um some lot of sexual assault and things that are unfortunate uh, crimes against women, and we don't like that. We
1: say Uh, no. Well said, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tom. Okay, Tom, your article. Go for it, man. Uh, Okay. All right.
0: Woman in, Japanese, uh, in Japan accidentally pees herself on live television. <laughs> that sucks.
1: Oh, that's a bad day at the Already,
0: office. see, already I got you laughing from the title. <laughs> a trail of visible pee stains on the carpet temporarily suspends a 24-hour television charity event program.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> You're cracking me oh. up, Derek. I I can keep going all day, motherfuckers.
0: Uh, If you've ever peed peed yourself laughing in public, then spare a thought for Japanese comedian and YouTube personality, uh, Haruka Fuwa, who recently urinated while laughing on live television. I know I know I can't, I'm sorry, this is audio only to most refugees. Like I can see you guys like trying to like stop, not not laugh. Bear with me. I'll get through this. I'm, try, I'm trying not to laugh either. The incident occurred during uh, Nippon TV's 24 hours in television, Love Saves the Earth, an annual charity telethon. There's money for social welfare, environmental protection, and local global disaster recovery. Summer means say for the past 42 years. This hour's 24-hour television was broadcast on the 22nd to the 23rd of August, and Fuka, also known as Fuka Fuachan, as she's commonly known, made a live appearance on a TV show in the special donation room. <laughs> <laughs> special donation room. <laughs> special donation room. <laughs> During her appearance, uh, one of the people in the room uh, with her cracked a joke that made Fuwa Chan burst out laughing. In fact, she laughed so much, it broke her pee barrier. And once it started, she could not uh, stop herself and urine distru- <laughs> I have to pause. As urine dripped down her legs onto the carpet- one of the female presenters got down in front of her and shielded the flow with a large notepad. One of the male presenters jumped up in his arms and got into the camera to conceal what was happening, jokingly saying, Don't look. And as all the other presenters jumped up and started laughing at themselves, the broadcaster suddenly cut off and was replaced with a Please stand
1: by. Broadcast is temporarily res- suspended. So the 24-hour straight broadcast was broken because of this mm, untimely pee-pee break. <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. Oh, she ruined it.
0: <laughs> she ruined well. I think she ruined a couple of things. She ruined the floor, ruined the chair,
1: probably ruined her underwear and her skirt, whatever she's fucking wearing. Oh my God. And she's fired. <laughs> Did yeah. she get fired? I fucking hope so, dude. Oh no.
2: No. Well you know, it's going to happen. She's going to get fired. And then we're going to see her on one of those like AV debuts all about pissing. And she's going to, she's going to end up being like a an AV. Cause you know, there's always that option. There's I guarantee you, They're, they're going to be calling her right now. They're like, yo, you want to come here and piss on some, uh, you know, dudes uh, like, we'll totally hire you.
1: <laughs> You've done it before we'll pay you for it.
2: <laughs> yeah. This time you get paid.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. If you guys are on national TV and one of the following has to happen to you, but you can choose which one. Which one would you choose? Pee, poo, fart, or vomit? I'd go with farting. No problems. Yeah, because you I... always point at somebody else. You're like, he did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. You're, not, right.
0: Su- you're, not, you're not selling yourself to your fucking drawers. Aren't wrecked. Okay,
1: so Tom would fart. Okay, wait, Jack.
2: Wait, am I, is it like intentional or unintentional?
1: unintentional of course oh,
2: okay okay because i was gonna say because it'd be kind of fun to like intentionally pee on somebody just just for like because <laughs> uh, right like you know <laughs> boring interview let's just you know just you know um probably vomit i think that'd be fun i think i think because like with vomiting like they i mean it wouldn't be fun to go through that but it would be i guess like there'd be a pity factor involved there where like i they, people might feel bad for me versus peeing it's like jesus christ can't you hold it <laughs> You know, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't even not have not to know. talk about that. So it's like with um, and farting. It's like that could go either. That's like a flip of a coin. Like I can never pull that off. Where I, it'd be funny even if I did accuse somebody else. And also, like I don't want to be associated with farting for some reason. Like my like, like, head. <laughs> but vomiting, <laughs> it's
0: a really no problem. Yeah. Okay, um, so vom- for
1: Vomiting is okay, but like no problem. What about you? <laughs> Me, definitely God. vomiting, man. I could come up with a million jokes as soon as All I right. stop. Like a <sighs> Like, uh, McDonald's
2: yeah during um during one of our um our shows uh and a band uh one of my band members like vomited and he threw the vomit at his fucking fans oh, <laughs> it's, that's
1: that's pretty punk man. rock that's that awesome. uh, yeah that is a uh,
0: very hardcore yeah <laughs> uh, I'm 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 just gonna say because I remember the story specifically because I fucking hate this bitch and I think she's fucking annoying really yeah so evil Oh, and she's just like, dude, she's annoying as fuck because, like... She pees? I, I just, yeah, not, not just that, but, like, dude, like, actually, I, I, I won't say I wa- quote-unquote watch TV, but, like, you know, the TV is always turned on like, twenty practically 24-7, so, like, you know, it shuts my kid up. But, like, first time I see this bitch on, on, on a fucking TV show, it's like, it's during the pandemic, and, like, you know, she gets up, and she's wearing a mini-mini skirt, and she's, like, a her panty. Uh, I know flashes are panties. It's like, okay. a you're not that hot. Your style is annoying. And B like, why are you wearing tidy whitey granny panties? Like, what are you doing? So she's
1: fucking annoying. She's terrible. So she pissed herself. Fuck her. I don't know, Tom. Your reasoning is kind of bizarre, but uh, okay. (laughs) All right. Derek. Can I send
0: you a picture of her because her fucking style is annoying. And just, she's just like,
1: Tom, you are not the most stylish person. I, I don't think you should, like, knock somebody else's style. <laughs> okay. Derek, Derek, you got comments? Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? I don't think he's got a dog in this, man. I, I think he's going to step Derek, down. You don't think so? <laughs>
2: no, I, no, I, I have no idea. Sorry. If I yeah. did, I, I would totally comment. But... I, I don't but even Tom, know who she
1: is, but I just feel bad that she peed on national TV. That's, that's really embarrassing. Maybe
0: we should not do that as your fucking TV person now, especially when you're, when you're fucking 26 years old. Jesus. Yeah. Not, do not, not, Did no one teach you how to properly use the toilet? Well,
1: she was no. laughing, and she just lost control.
2: I mean, it, there's a part of it that's like, I don't know. It's super funny to me. Like, like if yeah, that okay. happened, but think about, it, like, that disrupted the whole thing. Like, she didn't just pee a little. Like, it sounds to me like she left a trail for the masses to follow. Oh, so, my God.
0: That's, <laughs> that's, that's d- d- okay. Wait, wait, wait. Was close
1: of urination.
0: Oh, I forgot. I, I forgot. We're talking to the fucking man right here, Derek. Uh-huh. Have any of the idols just fucking pissed themselves on stage <laughs> or during a live stream?
2: No, that no, no peeing incidents, as, as far as I'm aware of. I'm sure some of the girls. There's your them answer. Them. Yeah. So yeah. There's your fucking
1: answer. Exactly. They're, yeah. not, they're not. They're They're not. Make cracking jokes. Anyway, Derek, your story, man. Go for it.
2: Oh yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, man accused a threatening member of idol group Nijino Conquistador. Um, so Tokyo Metropolitan Police arrested a 38-year-old man for allegedly making an online threat to a member of the idol group Niji no Conquistador, and, uh, this guy has no known occupation, he allegedly sent a tweet to one of the girls, and the tweet said, retire from your job and take the other members with you. If you don't understand, I'll kill you. This Whoa. is not a threat, it is advance notice. So Shinjuku police didn't reveal whether the suspect admits to the allegations, and he's also been accused of dis- disrupting the business of the agency for the group. Um, yeah, and so they received a report from a person who saw the tweet, and the police did, so that's why they are, um, they're talking about it. So here's the thing. So, like, I, like, again, like, the, the idol world can get very out, out of control sometimes. I, it's very rare, though. Honestly, like, this type of stuff does not happen, often as you think so i can understand why it's it's news but i had an incident where um and this is crazy this is actually recent so i i was working with a group like kind of not directly but i i was helping them out a lot and their producer he's he's a bit of a, a a numbskull idiot and um he like didn't listen to a lot of different things for example okay like his group played a really small show and the members wanted me to dance and like go crazy for them. Now as staff, I don't do that. As staff, you stand in the back, you act like you're not having fun. You have to stand there like a stone, even though you're enjoying it. I don't know. It's a stupid idol rule. I don't agree with it, but I do it. And, but the, this group was like, fuck that. Come out and you know have fun with us. We love you. Like, just go crazy. So I was like, okay, as long as it's okay with the manager the manager's like, yes, I want you to do it. I did it. He filmed me and he put it on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't put me on there showing that because I'm staff. Like you don't do that. This was a very rare private thing. I don't want that out there. He's like, okay. And like months later, it's still up. Uh. And, and like, I got into it with, I'm like, dude, like, what is you, are you fucking, are you dense? Like, don't do that. And then he does all kinds of things like that. And I, I kind of exploded at him and was like, you, you're a great songwriter. Your idol group is awesome. You suck. I'm like, you shouldn't be a manager. Like you should let me do it or have somebody else do it. I'm I, I'm a little too honest sometimes. Um, and so I think he internalized that. Then fast forward about a week later, two weeks later, I get a message on Twitter from an idol group out in Saitama. And they're like, hey, uh, we want to work with you. Can you come out and meet us in Saitama? Like, we'd love to meet you. And, you know, we'll give you our merchandise and everything. I'm like, okay, where are you at? I checked. It's literally like, bumfuck Egypt Saitama like like one of the last possible stations you could get to in Saitama Ooh. So, uh, and I'm like well what time should we meet like how about like 10 o'clock on like Wednesday night I'm like huh? I'm like why don't you just come to Tokyo I'm like like well, I'll just meet you at your next show like well no if you can come here that'd be better I'm like okay so I went and then um like I was like, well, how am I getting home? I was like, because by the time I meet you guys, I'm gonna need a ride home. And they're like, well, we have a car, we'll we'll, we'll take you home. And that's not unusual. Idol groups have done that for me before. And they're like, what's your address? I'm like, okay, I'll give you my address, no big deal. Because again, I'm thinking the staff. So I get out there, nobody's there. And I'm like, where are you guys at? And they're like, well, we're stuck in traffic. Okay, there's no traffic. It's literally a one country road. And I'm like, fuck, I've been had. Then I get a message from my friend Who's an idol manager, and he saw somebody posting on Twitter saying they're going to my house and they're gonna they're, they're gonna damage it. What? And I'm, yeah, and I'm like, what? So, I, I, here's here's the worst part. I not only missed the last train back, uh, my phone died, and I'm stuck in the middle of the country. I have no, I don't know where I'm at. I there's the station. There's literally nothing near it. Not a beanie, Nothing. Oh, no. So. I started walking around for a couple hours. I finally find a con beanie. I get a, a cord. I'm able to charge my battery. Um, you know, I, 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 in like five in the morning, I'm, I'm literally standing at this con beanie for hours. Just what am I doing? And meanwhile, I don't know what's going on at my house or my apartment. So I get home that morning and sure enough, I get there and there is spray paint all over my door, my windows. Um, he put, this person put glue in the lock. He glued no. my mailbox. So then this guy, he's actively talking about it on Twitter. He's showing the manager. uh, Well, I'll get there. Yeah. So, so I didn't know who this person was. And so I didn't make the connection. And then finally he told me, oh, I was, I I pretended to be that group. I had you go out there so I can trick you. Ha ha ha. And he, he openly admitted it. And then on top of that, like he started posting all these images on Twitter of the outside of my apartment. He said he was going there every night. He was going there to watch my apartment so he can do more stuff. And that's not and,
0: creepy at all.
2: Oh, yeah, for, for two, three weeks he did this. I mean, every single night. Oh, I'm going, I'm going to where uh, he lives, where the guy Jin lives, and I, I can't wait. And then he would just stay out there all night. And there were times I would stand by my door with the door unlocked and half open, like, but open just enough where I could see if somebody comes up. Because I was I was right next to the steps and I had a knife. And I was just, I was like, come to my door, I will fucking stab you. I I would stay there all night. Lose oh my sleep. God. I talked to the police like 40 times Because you know how the police are here in Japan They're fucking useless And so basically they didn't do nothing I mean they, they, they took an interest They walked around, they tried to do it But they, they literally didn't do anything And then finally My friend, the manager Their group also got attacked by the same guy um, And same deal Same thing what? But they got him on video And, and they, got, they got the back of him they, they, Where the camera was, they got the back of him and the, the stuff this guy was wearing is exactly the stuff this manager, this other group was wearing. So they started thinking it was him. I was like, no way. I was like, this guy is my friend. Like, we've had our differences, but he's my friend. He would never do that to me. So this guy kept having me take check of his members. Every time I'd meet, meet him, he'd be like, so how's it going with the police investigation? Did they find anybody? What are they saying? He kept asking me all these questions. And I started thinking, did you really do this? Long story short, um, management group that he did this to this other group. They hired a lawyer who put a lot of pressure on this online presence guy, got, and then he admitted it, went to jail. This guy did it. He did it. He totally did it. So instead, he acted like he was my friend the whole time, sent me messages the whole time, was, was totally – I was interacting with him the whole time. I, I would not believe the other manager that was him. They thought it was him right away. And I'm like, it's not him. Like, it can't be him. We are too close. We've done so much together. Yeah, it was Jeez. him. He admitted oh my it. Oh, God. He owes me guess, thousands of dollars because of this. And I, I, I'm never going to see it, of course. You know, I, I, friend's
1: I, close, but your enemy's even closer. There you go. Right? Man. Jesus Christ. No, I, Christ I,
0: I, I guess this is definitely what, what you're talking about earlier, like the darker side of the idol world, I guess.
2: It exists. It, it happens. It, it, it's not like it doesn't exist. But again, it's so few and far between. It's not the norm. It's not like, you know, like I compare like what I see on the news uh, to like a real estate agent showing you an apartment for the first time and they open up the closet in the apartment and there's some dirt in the corner like now th- I want you to stare at that for 45 minutes thank you and then they you know that's what you see. <laughs>
1: like it, it's not enough, like that enough. it's
2: there so like this thing with need you know and conquistador it does happen it's not uncommon like I've, I've seen the inner workings of I- idol fans um, talking to idols because idols will show me their, their stuff and like some of these guys can get pretty intense they can get mm-hmm. pretty creepy but that's that's because they th- we're talking about unhinged people like this guy and the guy from the other article i just read two things in common they have no jobs think about yeah. it you're <laughs> home all day on online you you just this shit festers and festers they don't have a proper outlet versus a lot of the fans that i see they come here they're cool like like they, they just they want to go meet some cute girls have some beers listen to some idol music get down and, and they go home and that's it it's like it's it's a, it's an outlet for them it's an escape you know mm-hmm. doctors, lawyers, they all come. I, I see everybody from from rich politicians to like the college kid to eight-year- old little kids. They all come, they don't care. When you're, when you're in the idol world, you're a fan, you're nothing else. Outside of that, you can be anything, including a stalker of idols. But in the idol the, that space, nothing ever happens because it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful experience I've had always, always like it just doesn't occur versus online yeah you can go online i mean i've had people talk shit about me on 2 chan 4 chan that fucking stupid guy jin what the fuck is he doing in the idol world get him out he's a too white for us you know i've had all kinds of racist shit slung at me on there i don't care i just laugh i was like whatever because they won't say it to my face They're they're pussies like if if anybody ever said to my face you know so (laughs) i know they're not going to do anything so it's like you can get out your anger there it's fine idol world this type of shit happens and it doesn't surprise me but i also don't i'm not worried or concerned about it i mean he didn't do anything he got caught you know i hope the girl will be safe i hope she won't have any problems we don't have another Tomita incident but um again even that it's so rare in in 10 to 12 years of the chica world being existed one time it's happened once where somebody actually got seriously hurt once ten oh, yes. thousand titles thousands of shows once so I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's not something to like, yeah, it's news, I guess, but whatever, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot uh, of uh, people here in Japan, you know, there's a uh, lot of people that are, they go crazy.
0: It's true. Derek, Derek, thank you very much for your insight because like, fuck, like, um, on Got Page Japan, we, we more or less, like we deal with underground culture, but like, I, I don't think we're obviously as knowledgeable about as you are about the idol world. So it's, it's, it's good to hear your opinion. It's good to like, you know, Basically, tell it how, tell us, uh, you know, a story or two.
2: I mean, I mean, if I even sniffed or suspected anything like gross or like pedophilic in nature, or anything, I'd be out of this. Fuck that. But there, there just, there just isn't. Like it, I've maybe I'm just guys in and I haven't seen it because I don't understand it. But I don't think that's the case. I've been doing this too long. So but I am gonna say there are fucked up people here in Japan and they they permeate every part of Japan, including the subculture world of idol. But they also, you know, you, you see on the news all the time people they, they lose it. They lose it, like you know, drive through crowds with their cars and shit. And they don't need a terrorist all agenda to do it. They're just all over the world. Yeah, they're just well here in Japan, they're just people snap because there's no mental health treatment here. There's no real legitimate form of out expressing yourself. That's why Japan has so many escapism and outlets. That's why host clubs and hostess clubs exist people in the west think that's fucking weird no it's not if you if you're a guy who's married to a fucking dumb bitch wife here in japan who sucks and she takes all your money and you have and she hates you and you're basically a vending machine for her you go to this place and this beautiful girl just pretends to like you that pretending is is 10 times more appealing than going home and getting the real thing from your wife who doesn't like you they'd rather have a fantasy than actually go meet somebody else who's nice because you ever get divorced here in japan it ain't pretty and and, and and uh the the law often sides with the women uh, from every with everything. So Tom? I um yeah, I get it.
0: I'm I get doing, it. Dude, 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 dude. Shut your mouth, Johnny. I'm doing all right. All <laughs> hey, right, you. all right. Just bust we, we, your traps, buddy. No, we gotta we gotta got be me and wife is cool. I know, I know. I'm we're just busting your
1: traps. Right. <laughs> I'm relationship's not perfect. I know I haven't been as married as long as you, but like uh Okay. Well, on that note, yeah, uh, there's crazy people all over the world, and in, in you know, on Got Bit of Japan, we pretty much have a lot of them in our news articles. Crazy, um, crazy. Yeah, that's just how it is, dude. On that note, Derek, man, thank you so much for being on the show, man. And um, what I really want you to do now is plug, 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 plug your documentary, plug your your website, plug everything and anything that you got, man. Now is your time. Boom.
2: Right. Boom, right. So uh, first, uh, I have a book on Amazon called Kai. It's a a horror novel about a young girl from Hiroshima who wants to destroy the world. It's also about an adopted Korean girl who grows up to be a counselor, and it's about their connection and the mysteriousness behind it. And there's a lot of metaphor, all that other shit. Uh, It's a horror book. Uh, Please check it out. And that's on Amazon. It's called Kai. Uh, That's number one. I will be writing more. I have been writing more. I'm just a very slow writer because I got detoured in the idol world, speaking of. I own Idol Underworld. That's IdolUnderworld.com. Just how it sounds. Um, you can go there and buy Idol merchandise from. Uh, if you're a foreigner, it, it's very easy. I've made it as simple as possible. I just sold an Idol's uh, katana blade on there. Uh, she had a katana blade that she used for a photo shoot, and I sold that to a foreign fan. And um, it was it was probably the most expensive thing I've ever sold on there. Uh, I sell all <laughs> kinds of weird, crazy.
0: <laughs> I, I I gotta ask, how much did that go for?
2: About a thousand two hundred dollars. Whew. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Make so a, I, I sell everything.
0: Like,
2: yeah.
0: I I imagine you had a good day there.
2: That was a good day. Yeah. That that, that paid that paid a few bills. Um, but that also, I, I sell everything from that to, you know, stickers that are like a hundred yen. So, I mean, everything and anything. Uh, also, checky, I sell a lot of checky of the girls that I personally took. And so they're awesome because I'm really good at what I do. So please go to checky or not, uh, Idle Underworld, um, and uh, Idleunderworld.com. And, uh, if you're interested at all in idol, you wanna, you see something on YouTube, you wanna buy an idol CD, I, I might have it. So please go there. If I don't have it, tell me and I'll see what I can do to get it. Then the last thing is, um, you know, I am, uh, an idol staff so i've done this idol documentary called the flowers of passion that will be coming out soonish um my editor is i guess working hard on this i don't know he takes a lot of time off but um he's busy with other stuff fair enough but um yeah we're we're just we're getting it done it's it's right now it's gonna be about seven hours so it's gonna be a mini docuseries um seven episodes go ahead you were gonna say something oh sorry and um mm-hmm. and so uh it's going to hopefully be out on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, It'll be distributed here in Japan. I'm hoping through Trash Up Records, uh, they're a very famous uh, record label. They put out Boris, if anybody knows who Boris is. Uh, they're a metal group um, that's not Idol, but they also do a lot of Idol stuff. I haven't talked to them yet about this, so you know, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here, but I have a feeling like it'll work if I can get them to get on board. We'll see. I'm also going to sell it at Idol Underworld and other places, so uh, be on the lookout for that. That is definitely a, a crash course in Idol and what Idol really is, not what you think it is. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to plug right now. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys letting me just, you know, go on and talk.
1: Oh, hell yeah, dude. We'd love to have you back, man, for, like, a part Anytime. two. How about, like, once Flowers of Passion is released, let's get you back on the show and stop. And we'll talk more about that and, like, the aftermath.
2: Let's do it. Maybe I could bring an idol or two with me. That'd be fun. Have some idols on Gone. here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Well, yes I,
1: mean, I mean, no, no, no. I I agree. Well, because why
0: not? Because like he's been an interesting guest, and he's super talkative, which kind of makes our job easier. We just like we're just
1: asking questions to be like, yo, Derek, talk about this. And he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. all right, great. It has cool. been easy. <laughs> yeah, it has been easy. <laughs> Oh, man. Faders, on that note, you know what to do. Go down to our Patreon, sign up for Patreon. It supports the show and it keeps us faded. Um, you get the keys to the castle when you sign up for Patreon too. It costs you five bucks. It's basically like buying a cup of coffee or a beer at your local bar. And uh, you get videos, extra stories. You get uh, all sorts of stuff. Photos are too hot for Facebook and Instagram. And um, yeah, we know times are tough. Times are tough for everybody, so if you don't have that five bucks, you can also do us a solid and go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and write something groovy. If you do that, it means the world to us. And, Tom, what else do we got for the faders?
0: Facebook, Twitter, you name it, SMS. Okay. Yeah. Well. Good job, Tom. (laughs) No, because we we update daily. There's always good stuff on there. We're just like stupid, like you know, photos of like you know, dumb Japanese English and Japanglish, as we like to call it.
1: (laughs) English. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So we got all that stuff there, faders. Um, Derek, once again, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It was, it was incredible. It was a lot of fun, dude. And fucking learning about the idol world, the real underground idol world is just priceless, man. Faders, this is audio gold and visual gold. If you sign up for the Patreon,
2: Yay. Thank you so much. No, it's awesome. Um, I'm really excited to do this. I hopefully we can all go to a show, maybe do like an on scene sort of. Episode. Hell yeah. That would be fun. Uh, anything you guys need, man. Just let me know uh, again. Come on, come all. Sweet. All right. All right. Thank
1: On that note, feeders, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace. Bye bye. My old brother, a
0: goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Will oh, you eat till mom finds out, buddy?
1: I've got a government job
0: to abuse and a lonely wife to
1: fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster.
0: Suicide suicide. God, the pressure! I can't take it! <laughs> I can't take it! I can't, I can't it. <laughs> <laughs> you sure I should do this, man? Uh, We're going We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up Republican shit.
2: Eh, uh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.